I kind of, uh, you know, it was one of those bonus years for me in my life. So that was the first time I saw some money in my life. So, welcome to Next Big Watch Radio, where one of India's longest-running media platforms documenting startups, technology, product, and digital transformation. We bring multiple lenses to entrepreneurship, scaling businesses, mindfulness, and much more. Our mission and mantra is singular: build, grow, repeat. Welcome to Unplugged Flashback. Founded in 2010, Zeroda is an Indian firm that pioneered the online discount brokerage model in the country. and today stands as india's largest stock broker by number of clients over 1.5 million zerodha today is worth close to 500 million dollars according to some estimates in part 1 of this episode you will hear nitin kamath the founder of zerodha share the story of how he went from being a makeshift online broker for private clients to starting an online trading revolution this talk was recorded at unplugged 2017 Next big what's marquee annual tech conference. So I, I've been a trader throughout my life, right? So I started trading when I was 17. Okay, so before I, I start my journey, you know, so let me tell you what Zeroda does because uh, the last year there were only 30 lakh Indians, 30 35 lakh Indians who had invested once a year in the stock markets, right? So that's not a lot of people, right? So. Uh, uh, So what we do uh, as a business is we essentially provide a platform for people to come buy sell stocks or trade derivatives and what not right so uh, so yeah so I've been a trader from very young uh, why I started trading was because I had a bunch of marwadi friends and uh, they said it's a quick way to make some money and uh, I got hooked on to it quite early and uh, this was when I was 17 18 I traded for 3 4 years saved up some money it was around the same time I was completing my engineering so uh there was a 2001 2002 bust that happened in the stock markets and that was around the same time i don't know how many of you trade the markets here but that was around the same time derivatives got introduced in the market uh derivatives you know essentially is a product where you can make unlimited profit and unlimited losses right so uh so i made unlimited losses in that instance so i i kind of blew out all that i had made uh So I joined a call center. Uh, I joined a company called um, Dialm, you know, part of the Manipal Group. So uh, call center because you know I kind of got the time to trade during days and uh, work nights. So I was essentially trying to put back a trading capital. So I did this for three years. I did this from 2001 to 2004-5. Uh, 2005, I met this gentleman who had come back from the U.S. He asked, you know, we caught up. You know, we were working out in the same gym. He asked me what I do for a living. Uh, I showed him my trading account performance. I was trading with ICICI Direct then. Uh, he said, "Nitin, can you do this for me?" And I quit my job. And he was my first client. So uh, I essentially was doing uh, portfolio management, and not really the pure sense, you know. Uh, you know, I had access to his trading account, so I used to log in and place orders for him, you know. So, uh, so I uh, one client suddenly became ten clients, you know. So logging into ten different accounts is a quite a painful process to place an order. Uh, so what I did was I then became a sub broker for a company called Reliance Money. Uh, sub broker is essentially like a franchise, you know. So once you are a franchisee of this bigger broker, you know, these franchises give you something called as a dealer terminal, you know, where you can have multiple accounts mapped to one, you know, platform, right? So I did this from 2006 till 2009 uh, as a sub broker of Reliance Money. Um, 
2008, I mean, I guess all of you know, uh, stock markets fell quite a bit. 99% uh, of the people out there think that the only way to make money in the stock market is you buy a stock, wait for the price to go up and sell it, and you make some money. But uh, that's just 1% of turnover, right? Only 1% of the exchange turnovers in India today comes from people who buy a stock, wait for it to go up, and then sell it. Right? The rest of the market actually is around futures and options. Uh, it's, a, it's around intraday trading. It's, a, it's around speculation. You know? So, uh, so uh, stock markets, the beautiful thing about the stock markets is that you can make money uh, when markets fall, fall as well. You know? I mean, whoever has seen the big short, right? So, um, so that was kind of a dumb year to be uh, short on. I mean, uh, it was actually probably a very dumb year to make money as well because all you had to do is get your direction right, and the market did nothing else. It just kept falling. You know? so, and, uh, and the beautiful thing about a falling market is potential energy is in your favor. So it kind of falls harder than, uh, you know, like if, if a stock takes 10 years to go from zero, say 10 rupees to 100 rupees, it can do that 100 to zero in actually a couple of seconds if required. You know? so, right? so, uh, so what happened was 2008, I, I say, you know, uh, I kind of, uh, you know, it was one of those bonus years for me in my life. So that was the first time I saw some money in my life. So, uh, and I had traded actively for a long time, you know, so I had day traded for almost a decade by then. Um, and I was kind of feeling the, uh, you know, day trading is essentially like playing a T20 every day, you know, so you, uh, you know, there's a shelf life to it, you know, you can't keep doing it forever. Uh, so I thought I'll take a break. Uh, thankfully, by then my younger brother had joined me and uh, he's seven years younger. And so, you know, more evolved uh, human being, so he's faster, better, you know, and than me in trading. So I said, no, what's the point of me trading? So I thought I'll take a break from trading and let my younger brother continue trading. And and the whole idea came about of uh, why not be a broker that I didn't have as a trader, right? Uh, I had traded with almost 12 different brokerage firms by then. Um, so there was something missing, you know, people were going online. Um, but brokers were still working in a very traditional kind of setup. You know, every broker today has an online trading platform, right? But the way they operate is very offline. And the, the way, I mean, I don't know how many of you know it, it's probably, broking is probably the oldest industry in the, in the country, you know. 1850 was when Bombay Stock Exchange started off, right? So I don't think there's any product out there which is 170 years old right now and, you know, someone's starting up on that, you know. So, uh, so the thing is, so what has happened is in this industry is uh, uh, there's a lot of legacy issues, you know, so the way the industry is run is actually is very old generation, it's very old school, right? So, so that was the opportunity I spotted, I said, uh, so probably there was uh, an opportunity to kind of um, uh, be this broker who was transparent. Uh, I mean, all of us have probably have a bank account, we have, ta have, have taken a loan, we have a credit card, I mean, so we kind of know how banking and financial services firms around the world actually are uh, quite opaque in the way they work, right? So, uh, so for a trader like me who was an active day trader, I mean, all I needed to know was, dude, what is my cost? And give me a decent platform, right? I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't really want anything else. So, uh, uh, so that's where we started off. Uh, you know, one thing that helped us quite a bit when we started off with, uh, with the National Stock Exchange, um, you know, then was giving a free technology platform to brokers. Um, so, you know, it was also an arbitrage in sorts that technology was coming for free and the only real money that went into the business was a crore and a half, which was as exchange refundable deposits. Um, and exchange, you know, when they heard my business plan, they waived off the membership fees. Um, so, 
So I had, you know, 1.7 crores uh, saved up from 2008, 2009, and, um, um, and then so one and a half went into the deposits. Out of 20 lakhs, I spent around 10, 11 lakhs in uh, doing up my interiors and buying a couple of new computers, you know. So, so yeah, so the business started off with 5, 10 lakhs left on the table, right? And uh, the, the, you know, when I started off, um, so as a sub-broker of uh, Reliance Money, I had a small team of five people. Uh, you know, guys who had been working for me with me for 2006 onwards, right? Um, what is the percentage brokerage? Is if you buy 100 rupees uh, of stocks, you pay one percent or one rupee. If you buy 1,000 rupees, you pay 10 rupees. Or you 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 spend you buy for a lakh rupees, you pay you know like one percent of it, right? But then as a broker, I kind of realized in an online world, the cost of executing a trade doesn't go up with the size of the trade, right? Uh, I mean, like if today I have a client who buys uh, a crore worth of stocks, or I have a client who buy one rupees worth of shares, I'm putting exactly the same amount of effort, right? The client on the other side is probably putting a lot more effort in bringing that one crore on the table, right? So, so this whole percentage brokerage didn't really make sense, you know? So we said uh, we should probably have a flat fees kind of a structure, because if the effort is the same, why charge differently? So that was the first, uh, uh, I'd say, unique thing we did in the broking business in the country, to come out there and say we'll have a flat fee uh, model. Uh, the second thing, you know, which is uh, actually quite unique, that uh, which is actually the most disruptive thing that we did when it started off, you know, I mean, was actually to put out something called as a brokerage calculator, which is probably the most simplest thing I've done in a, as a business till now. It was essentially an Excel sheet, you know, put out on our website saying, this is your buy price, this is your sell price, this will be your cost, right? So I, so I was the first broker in the country to out, go out there and say that even before you open an account with me, I'll tell you all your costs up front. What was disruptive about this was, was just the transparency, right? Because uh, none of my competitors could do it. Uh, none of my competitors could do it because uh, if you go to, you know, one of the big guys, I see, I say, Kotex of the world, who are, who are our competitors, you know, if you go to them and, and you say, uh, I want to open a trading and demand account to start trading stocks, they will offer you a certain brokerage. Now, if you say, I'll do this much turnover, they'll give you a different broker. If you say your dad is, Sebi will you know, reduce it even more. I mean, to say every client gets a different deal, right? So what we did was we said, let's not offer this. Now let's just have one deal for all our clients and let's just be transparent about it, right? So, uh, I mean, so when we started the business, I, I don't really come from a tech background, you know? So uh, I don't, uh, I haven't really, I mean, I barely managed to go to college and, you know, kind of finish it through. Uh, and the guys who were there when we started the business also didn't really have a tech background as such. Uh, and so there was, there's no tech play when we started the business. The entire play when we started the business was, was low cost and transparency, right? And uh, also what happened, you know, I mean, since it's about bootstrapping and et cetera, I mean, uh, when we started the business, I did go, you know, like it didn't feel right, you know, to say that I'm on a risk because I'd gone bust twice in my life before. Right, so it just somehow felt very odd to be taking the same risk. I, I got married in 2008-9, so I didn't want to go through another cycle of, you know, like a go bust and then recover in life, right? So, so I did go meet VCs. You know, I did go meet VCs in 2009-2010 when the idea came about, right? But then, you know, 2008 to 2010 was probably like the worst days for broking as an industry ever, right? I mean, after the collapse in 2008, so essentially businesses were exiting the broking business, so. Uh, firstly, it was not a good time. Uh, I mean, you know, the VC hype hadn't happened in India then, right? So, uh, so firstly, a few who were there, you know, they didn't really trust um, that I can pull it off. And um, 
you know, I mean, I didn't really have the pedigree education background or I didn't really come from a business family and broking is not something that, you know, bro you know if, imagine someone you know, comes here and pitches saying I'll build the next big bank, right? So it seems a little odd saying, you know, with, how will you build a bank with one crore rupees, right? So, so it seems like, like a very capital intensive kind of a business to do. So, I mean, to be very honest, you know, like I keep telling the guys in the office, you know, if it was, if I was an investor, I would not have invested in me, you know, so in a sense, uh, you know, like if I was a VC and, you know, why would I give this guy a crore and a half, two crores to start something that he has no clue about, right? So, so in hindsight, I think it worked really well for us, right? Because, uh, you know, everything that we have done as a business, I don't think a lot of VCs would have actually given a green light to it. Uh, uh, but anyway, so, so 2010 is, uh, August is when we started the business. Uh, before starting Zeroda, I was a very popular self, uh, popular pseudo self on a lot of online trading communities. Uh, so the first, f you know, few clients, the first thousand clients who joined Zeroda actually came through, you know, uh, you know, not very clean way of marketing, you know, so, right? So there was Tarzan on a community who said, do you know Zeroda, right? That was the first post. And then there was Columbus who came and said something else, you know, so... Uh, so it was actually built that way. The first thousand clients was, was really built in a... See, because our business is... Uh, I mean, like, let me put a question. I, I mean, would you keep money with an Amanat cooperative bank because they give you 14% fixed deposit rates, right? It's, it's, it's just not about low cost, right? It's, it's about credibility, right? I mean, you know, so just because I... See, people who trade with us, you know, I mean, all the clients, they keep their hard-earned savings, they keep their... Uh, stocks, you know, you know, all of this with us. So they kind of trust us you know, with us that. It's not like an e-commerce site where you come, finish a transaction and go away, right? So there's no money left. Or it's not like a wallet business where you keep just 20,000 rupees. Like my biggest client has like a couple of hundred crores of stocks lying with me, right? So, so he's essentially, you know, when he's keeping that much stock, he's actually trusting me with, with that much uh, uh, value of his stocks, right? So it's, it's also about credibility, right? So the, so the first thing that happened when we started the business was because we said it's just a flat 20 rupee per trade fees, so everyone started questioning, dude, what's the catch, right? I mean, it's about like Amanath Cooperative Bank, right? As in saying, dude, what's the catch, right? So, uh, so yeah, so the first year was actually quite tough. I, in my office, I had a pseudonym. I used to call myself Sachin uh, because uh, I was the one who was doing the telemarketing, right? And you didn't want a CEO to be calling you, you know? So. Um, I've, uh, so the, I think I, I must have picked at least 500 to 600 account opening forms as such in, you know, so I used to go to people's house, meet myself, introduce as such in and open accounts, right? So, uh, because, you know, there was not too much money on the table to hire people, you know, so, uh, but then what really helped in the first year was that, you know, was the fact that I was a very popular self, pseudo self in a lot of online, my Yahoo Messenger, I mean, Yahoo Messenger is dead now, but 2009, 10, it was still active. My Yahoo Messenger had like, like a 5,000 contact list, you know, people who talk about stock markets and, you know, discuss things like that. So, so the first thousand accounts actually took us almost a year. Um, uh, 2011, September 5th is when Economic Times wrote a small little article about discount broking. Um, and there somewhere they mentioned saying, uh, you know, oh, here's this guy from, you know, this business from uh, Bangalore called Zeroda who's trying to attempt this in India. Right. Um, and again, it was the whole play there was just pricing, like a flat fee pricing. And uh, what this article did was it suddenly brought a little bit of credibility on the table. Right. It said, oh, you know, like my dad, you know, watches uh, these Kannada serials where, you know, they say there's a ghost in the house and he believes it because it's coming on a news channel, you know. So, right. So I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us give a lot of credibility to what press quotes, right. So, um, 
So I mean, I kind of saw it happening, you know, for, like in real, right? As in, you know, suddenly, you know, uh, the hundred accounts that we were opening a month suddenly became 300, 400 accounts a month, right? Now, uh, another big challenge for a business like ours is, you know, is that imagine you go to Amazon, right? And you say you want to buy a mobile phone. And, uh, and, and they say, dude, sign this 25-page document, courier it to me, and then probably come back after seven days and you might, you know, I'll let you buy the phone, right? So that's exactly what happens when people land on a website, right? Is that we say, uh, you know, uh, take this form, fill up, you know, this 25-page document, attach your pan, your all of that crap, and then send it out to us. So, so the big challenge for our business, you know, uh, I mean, it's kind of, you know, with all this Aadhaar and et cetera now, you know, it finally seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. But initially when we had started, it was essentially that 25, 30-page document that a client had to sign and send, right? So 1,000 so accounts mean 1,000 people who gave their PAN cards, address proofs, and blah, 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 right? So, but anyway, so 2011 is when, uh, 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 you know, uh, this article came. Around 2012, I think late 2012 is, uh, so, so all this while, you know, as I said, you know, we, we haven't raised any capital, thankfully, you know, so, uh, you know, so uh, by the end of, you know, the first year, like by a thousand clients, because we were running it so low cost, um, I mean, we managed to turn a first year into a profitable year, right? Um, so, and then, you know, as and when slowly a client started adding after this Economic Times article, we slowly started growing our team. Um, so around 2012, September, uh, sorry, 2012, uh, towards the end of the year, the first competitor came around the scene. And he said he's also transparent and low cost, right? And then it kind of suddenly hit on me that, dude, you know, you, I mean, so there's no more edge left for you on the table, right? I mean, you're transparent, low cost, someone else is transparent and low cost, right? So how does it, uh, how do you kind of uh, build the edge now, right? So, so another thing that I had done, you know, I mean, when we started off the business was, which helped us quite a bit again is, uh, other than this whole brokerage calculator, I also put up a blog post. Uh, I mean, I put a blog out and I started writing, right? I started writing about markets and put a face to it. Uh, in this broking business, uh, you would never see a CEO of a company come out there and put his head on the table because, you know, uh, in the markets, what happens? You know, it's 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 usually a roller coaster of emotions. You know, stocks go up, people make money; stocks go down, people lose money. Right? You put someone's head on the table, everyone wants to you know kind of go after it. This is the end of part one. You will be able to listen to the second and concluding part soon. It might even be available already. Do check out our other content that is sure to give you some actionable insights. Make sure to follow us and do share with friends if you enjoyed this episode of Unplugged Flashback.